technology. State-of-the-art technology. Wow, that's cutting edge. You ever heard that? There is a thing in Christianity that I would call the cutting edge. And I want to talk about how to recover it if you've lost it. Maybe you never got it. There is a dull, dead, boring Christianity, and I will just say this to you. We're all standing, if you would, please. Second Kings chapter 6. If your walk with Jesus is boring, you've lost the cutting edge. Maybe, then again, maybe you never had it, but maybe you lost it. How many of you were on fire at one point, but then you, you realized you weren't as on fire as you used to be, and then you pressed in and got back on fire? I mean, I've been there. I don't know, maybe I'm there tonight. No, I mean, maybe, maybe we, we need to sharpen our edge a little bit. Second Kings chapter 6. Verse 1. And the sons of the prophets said to Elijah, See now, the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there and let us make there a place where we may dwell. So he answered, Go. Then one said, Please consent to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them, and they came to the Jordan, and they cut down trees. I like that, being from Alaska and all. But as they were cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water, and he cried out, Alas, my master, for it was borrowed. So the man of God said, Where did it fall? Everybody say that. Where did it fall? And he showed them the place. So he cut off a stick and he threw it in there and he made the iron float. Therefore he said, pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and he took it. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you're going to do tonight. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, if you got paper, it might be worth taking some notes tonight. Context here is there is this um, school of ministry that is uh, taking place, a school of the prophets. And it had grown to the point where they had no more room. And what do you do when you need more room? You build. You expand. And so they're in the process of cutting down trees. They go to the Jordan. So you see in verse 2. And they're cutting down trees. Now they didn't have a big, you know, MS-361 still with a 28-inch bar on it or anything. They, they didn't have that. They, they had, though, what was state-of-the-art technology. In fact, if you look at there, it says an iron axe head. And they began to chop down trees. And in the process of cutting down the trees, this student, if you will, one of the sons of the prophets, loses the axe head. Any, has anybody ever used a maul? Anybody ever split wood? Has anybody ever cut down a tree with an axe? So he loses the axe head. And it's a big problem because it was borrowed. Now I know, I'm of you know what Christian borrowing is when a Christian borrows something and doesn't return it. It's also called stealing. 
I've had many a person borrow a book and not return it to me. And if that's you, I would appreciate my book back. I've lost a third of my library by lending books. You say, well, what's up with that? I'm, I don't know, but I know one thing. That's probably seed time and harvest because I think I borrowed a few books that I didn't return either. Jesus, help me out. Let's all repent. God forgive us. So he borrows his axe head and he loses the axe head in the process of doing this great work for expanding the school of ministry. And he cries out, alas, it was, but master, it was borrowed. He's, he's grieved. He calls the master, who's the great prophet? And the prophet comes, takes a stick, throws it in the, in the river of the Jordan, and the iron floats and they reach out and grab it. It's a miracle. How many of you know iron doesn't float? Not iron axe head, iron, you know, they've had iron boats that float, but this iron axe head floats. If you're going to recover the lost edge, or the axe head, or should I say this, the axe head represents the power of God in your life. The axe head represents the power of the Spirit of God. It says in Proverbs, a dull axe requires more work than a sharp one. Now there's lots of, there's lots of gimmicks and different things that that the body of Christ is doing to try to reach the harvest, but I will tell you that the greatest thing we can do to reach the youth, to reach the youth this summer, the greatest thing we can do to, to reach our valley is to have the power of the Holy Spirit. To have the cutting edge Christianity is the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And many people don't have that, or some of you have lost it. So, as we look into this, if you're going to recover the, the, the cutting edge in your life, or maybe get the cutting edge, the power, for the first time, the first step that you've got to realize is, well, really two things. One, maybe you never had it. That's number one. Or maybe you had it and lost it. It's really the same point. But you've got to make a confession tonight to say, hey, you know what? Dude, my Christian walk is dull. If, you're a, if you have a dull walk, you have a weak walk. God wants us to recover or contend for the power of the Holy Spirit. And with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can bring in a harvest that the chopping down of the tree, if you will, we can bring in a harvest of souls like, like nothing else can. In the book of Revelation, chapter 3, and this really is a condition of the body of Christ as I've traveled around, and I, and I think it's the condition the enemy would love us to lapse into, and you really need to contend for it. It's the church of Laodicea, Revelation chapter 3, and verse 14, to the angel of the church of Laodicea to write these words. Of the Amen, the faithful, true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, says the Lord to the church of Laodicea, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. 
I have acquired wealth. And I do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Let me just say this. I have been in a place in my life where I felt like I was rich. I felt like I had it going on. I felt like I had a corner on the market. And I was totally blessed. But little did I know that I was wretched, poor, naked, and blind as a bat. And I will tell you, some of you today, under the hearing of my voice, you have a lukewarm walk with God. Your walk is not on fire. You've lost the cutting edge, or maybe you've never experienced it. Maybe you're lukewarm, apathetic, lethargic in your walk with Jesus. That's what the church of Laodicea was. God goes on to counsel them in verse 18. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you can become rich. White clothes to wear. So you can cover your shameful nakedness. Wow. Verse 19. Those who I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. I am here. I stand at the door and knock. Now this is used for evangelism, but really, it's a picture of a people that already know the Lord. They've received Jesus. They've repented of their sin. They've believed on the Lord. And the Lord's outside their church. And He's knocking. He said, hey, you want to let me in? I wonder whether, if we had a careful search of our hearts tonight, or our lives, or the life of maybe even our church, that we might discover that whether we might have that same spirit. Are you lukewarm? Are you even concerned whether the power of God shows up in your youth group or not? Are you concerned about it? Do you think about that? I think the first thing is to, re- to, to get the cutting edge back or to get it for the first time. It requires confession. How many of you know what denial is? It's a river in Egypt, of course. Everybody knows the denial, right? <laughs> Denial's a river in Egypt. That's a joke. Okay. It's, there's a, a denial that there's a truth, but you're not willing to acknowledge it or see it or you're blind to it. Now, I'm just going to tell you that everyone here, all of us, can go deeper in God. Maybe many have experienced the power of God or the, the cutting edge, if you will, but maybe you've lost it. Maybe you've lost your fire, lost your passion. How's your passion level tonight? How you doing? Do you just can't wait to get back and read the book of Leviticus or what? How's your hunger for the Word? Do you still wake up singing? Are you witnessing? Do you share your faith? You just can't help but share your faith. Are you walking with the Lord day in, day out? Or has it just become something? A drudge. A drudgery. You're going to recover the cutting edge or perhaps get it for the first time. The first thing is you've got to confess where you're at right now. And this, in verse 5, this sons of the prophet, this student. In verse 5, he says, ah, it was borrowed. He confessed he lost it. Now, now imagine, come on, you read the word, put yourself in it. Okay, how many of you used an axe? Okay, how many of you ever had an axe head get loose? 
Now you tell me. When it started to get loose, is that something you noticed while you were swinging? Okay, did you keep swinging? <laughs> yes, sir. But, you know, it gets a little rattly. It gets that feel and you, you look at it and maybe one of those wedges is pumping out the top. And so you're like, oh, shucks. You go and get a hammer, knock that wedge back in, maybe go get another, get a nail, make that piece of wood a little bit wider so it holds the axe handle. This son of the prophet lost the axe handle, but I'm going to tell you, it's not something that just happened. Any more than I could just throw my microphone across the room and hit somebody in the head. You know what I'm talking about? There would have to be like this. So, I mean, here he is with the axe. There he is with the axe. It was all... Whee! And it just flies off. No, there's a, there's a rattling that takes place. You can tell that things are a little off. So now let me say this to you. The first step in getting on fire for God is realize you're not. Realize that maybe there's a little bit of rattling in your walk. Maybe, maybe things aren't as tight as they used to be. It's the first thing. And this is what this student did. He confessed that the axe head is gone. And he tells this man of God, Pastor Elisha, and he blew it. Now, after discovering tonight in application that maybe your walk's not as on fire as it used to be, or maybe you don't even know what the fire is, after discovering that, you got to come to a place, admit that you need it. And if you, if you don't realize tonight that you need God to love God, if you don't realize tonight that you need the Lord to help you to live for Him, we will not fulfill what God's called us to do without the anointing, without the endowment of God's power, without the cutting edge. You will not fulfill what God's called you to any more than Jacob can fulfill what God called him to, except he wrestled with an angel of the Lord and got a name change. Some of you need to learn to wrestle, to get the axe head back, to get the cutting edge back. Wrestle in prayer. I kept hearing on my trip, return to the ancient paths. Return to the ancient paths. It was just like every time I would be still with the Lord, the Lord would say, return to the ancient paths. I was like, man, that's in Jeremiah. What does it mean to return to the ancient paths? I thought about the scripture, First Peter 3. It says something to this effect. And women, don't let your beauty come from braided hair and, and makeup and the adornment of fine clothes. And I'm paraphrasing. But let your beauty come from a still and quiet spirit. That which the women of old beautified themselves. See, there's so much attention on all this stuff. And, and, the, and the church is like that too. The, the, the lights, the smoke. I mean, you know, we need lights. Smoke might be cool. But if you don't have the real cloud, why, you know, why, why fabricate one? I think if you have the, if the real cloud is there, I think it'd probably be okay to, you know, put a little bit of smoke in the air. But if you're putting some smoke in the air trying to simulate the fact that you don't have a cloud to try to capture, I think that's messed up. We're going to get smoke machines and put them in the back. I think we have like, I think we have 50 smoke machines from Hell House outreaches that we did. 
They're sitting there waiting to be used. So you've got to realize, okay, man, I've lost it, or I never had it. And then you've got to say, man, I need it. I want, I want the edge back. I want the fire. I want the power. I'm going to contend for it. I'm going to pray. Oh, God! We can't build what you want to build. We can't build the house of prayer without the power of God. We can't build an expansion to a school without the power of God. And if you attempt to do it, it will count for nothing. John 15. I am the vine and you are the... Apart from me, you can do... What does that mean, actually, in the Greek? Nothing. It means zip. Nada. Zero. Now, the thing that gets me is we can actually do stuff, and it looks like we're producing something, but without, without the Lord doing it, you're actually producing something that means nothing. Do you get that? In other words, you might see something with your eyes. It just means nothing, and it'll all burn up later. There's a price to pay to return to the ancient paths. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure on children and youth. and There's pressure on people to perform or to look good and have our success all tied up in that. So we need understanding to dine. By understanding is a house built. By wisdom is a house built. By understanding it is furnished. God wants us to recover the cutting edge. I really think the lesson's clear. Turn to Acts 1.8. It's a very simple word tonight. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. and You shall be my witnesses, witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and the ends of it. You will receive power. New King James, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. We just had Pentecost Sunday. The actual day of Pentecost is a sundown on Friday, a sundown on Saturday. We need power to witness. I was getting on an airplane. I've got, I don't know how many airplanes I got on. I just got off one. I was up all night last night. And anyway, the course of one of these airplane rides, I was with Pastor Josh, actually. So we're, we're wait, we hurry up to get on the plane. It's actually hurry up to wait on the jetway. Quick, hurry, you know, you get on and then you stand in the, in the, in the jetway. And you know what a jetway is? A ramp that goes onto the plane. We're standing there and there's a guy behind us and Pastor Josh and I are just, we're, we're, we're two brothers. So, I mean, we're, to say that we horse around would be putting it lightly. So we're, we're horsing around, we're having fun, we're, we're cracking up and laughing about stuff and just having a great time. And the guy behind us uh, is sort of enjoying our antics and whatever we were doing to each other. I, I forget. And uh, we got into talking to him and he said, oh, man, what are you guys doing? You're all dressed up. We were wearing suits. It was Sunday morning. He said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're 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 going over to we're going over to have church." He's like, "Man, I go to church." We're like, awesome. He's like, "Yeah, I go to so and so church." Oh, great. And uh, he says, "Yeah, but I, I went to Maui this weekend as we were on our way back to Oahu." I said, "Oh, what were you doing in Maui? Seeing some friends?" No, 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 no. 
No, I, I have this Christian girlfriend at Oahu, and she's like, she's fine. I'm, oh, awesome. He's like, but I just took a trip to Maui to be with this other girl, and she was scandalous. You wouldn't have believed what she did. And he begins to tell us, PG, praise God, because I'd had to tell him to be quiet. He begins to tell us about his evening with this scandalous girl. And how he was left on a beach and uh, she took his stuff. And Yeah, I'm just thinking, I thought you said you were a Christian. You know what I mean? I thought you said you were a believer. So, I loved Pastor Josh's response. We were not moved. Okay, that's just, that's the way the world is. So, you know, if somebody says, oh yeah, I'm, I'm with the scandalous chick and I'm going back to my other chick and I just spent the night with the other one. And, you know, obviously he's not a Christian, but praise God he's going to church and hopefully he will be one day. Come on, somebody say amen. So, you know, we change modes. So we're, we're like, all right, let's see if we can kind of get him safe now. So, he's talking to us and he's, I start hearing uh, some things about him. And by now we're moving on to the plane. And so we tell him about church and where we're going to be and whatever. And sometime, now it comes out that really sometimes he goes and sometimes he doesn't. And so, you know, a painful walk of riding the fence. I don't know if you've ever had that, but I'm going to tell you, there's, you get splinters if you ride the fence. I don't know if you ever had to try to straddle a fence. Those are splinters you don't want to get. Can I get a witness up in here? I wonder how many ever try to straddle a fence. You don't want splinters like that. You know what I'm talking about. We're getting on the plane, and as we're, we're walking on, we're, we're, it becomes evident to me that the, our moments, the moment's closing. In other words, I got one more shot. We're all about to get in our seats. It's getting a little chaotic because bags are going up. And I got one more shot. Pastor Josh is behind me. And so I just thought, that, that, that's it. That's it. And I just turned around. I looked at the guy. I said, hey. And he looks at me. And I lean closer to him. And I tell him about the life and the plan that God has for him. And I give him this prophecy that you can sort of swallow. Just a, a good word of encouragement about the plan that God has for him. His eyes filled up with tears. And he's just like reeling. Now, Pastor Josh, I'm not small. Pastor Josh is significantly bigger than me. So, wider, I should say. Bless his heart. So, he's here. And so... I'm ministering over Pastor Josh, and the whole plane can see. I, I mean, I, I don't really care. And the guy didn't care either, obviously. Pastor Josh didn't care either, but he wanted to give me a better opportunity to get closer to him and minister to him. So he starts moving through, and our guts are pushing. We're like, ugh, ugh, ugh. He tries to slide through, and I just looked at him like, dude. <laughs> it was ugly. It was dude fest airlines, man, all the way. It's just like, I don't know. I'm probably just need to like. <laughs> My point is, God touched that guy right, right, right then, right there. Because I was willing to take my axe out and swing it. If it could be sharper, I'm sure it can be. Tonight, Some of you need to recover your zeal for the house of the Lord. Some of you need to recover that fire.
fiery passion you had for reading the Word and for prayer. For witnessing the people who are headed to hell. They're not lost. They're dead. We call them lost. They're really dead. Some of you out there remember when you used to just be bold and not care. But now you're consumed with the man-pleasing thing. God has power for us if we'll reach out and, and receive. You say, well, how do I, how do I recover the cutting edge? How do I, how do I get the cutting edge? Well, for those of you, how do you recover it? Well, just do what they did. Come on, let's look. Verse six. Alas, my master is born. Verse five. Verse six. So the man of God said, where did it fall? Let me ask you this. Where did it fall? Remember back when you were on fire. Remember that. When was that? Where was that? And trace your steps of where you lost the the cutting edge. Where you lost the axe head. Think about it. Think about when when was the last time you were really on fire? Now you're on fire and my on fire. They might look like two different things. And both are on fire. But you know what your on fire is. I know what mine is. I know what it feels like to be on fire. And I know what it feels like to be just walking through mud up to my neck. And that's time to fast and pray and get back on fire. Where did it fall? Where, where, where did you lose your zeal? Where did you lose your fire? Where did you lose your edge? Now I'll tell you probably the number one way to lose the edge is get in sin. Mm, sin. S-I-N. Sin will mess you up. Sin will cause you to lose the edge. Because of some sin you may have committed, you might have lost the axe head. Might have lost the cutting edge. You lost the fire. Maybe it's because your priorities are misplaced. In other words, you have other things in place where God should be. I was ministering to some folks and they were having this difficulty. Well, their decision was based purely on money, monetary decision. It ain't about money. It is absolutely about the will of God. And there will come tests with money. There will come tests. Every man and woman of God, God's going to call you to go up the mountain and sink the knife into your Isaac. That is what He calls us to do. Because when if Isaac gets to a place of prominence so much so, do you know what I mean by Isaac? If your, if your promise of this breakthrough or this thing that that you so believe for, now finally comes, becomes an idol for you. The Lord will always call you to put a knife in it. He is a jealous God. Not like a jealous boyfriend is different. He's a jealous God. He loves you so much that He will kill everything that gets in the way of, of His love for you. So if you're going to recover the, 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 the edge or get the edge... You've got to go to a place and realize where it fell. And if there's sin, if your priorities are wrong, you need to repent. Get back on track. Realign yourself. Abraham often returned to the altar and would pray. Bring his fears to God. Bring his hopes to God. Bring his joy to God. Bring his offerings to God. And as a result, he was able to walk through the wilderness for 20-something years before he saw the promise. I don't know what lies ahead for us, but it's going to require us to have the cutting edge of the power of God. Human skill and ability can't fulfill or bring about the promise of God. 
It's not by power and it's not by might, but it's by His Spirit, says the Lord. And that, you know, that requires commitment. Everybody say, I gotta be committed. You gotta be committed. You know, this miracle that takes place here, where did it fall? And, and the man of God, Elisha, shows up and takes a stick. It reminds me of Exodus 15, when they come to the bitter water. It's another picture of the cross. Are, 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 you, are you tracking with me? So where did it fall? Well, it fell right about over here, Pastor Elijah. Pastor Elijah comes and breaks off a stick, breaks off a piece of wood, throws it in the, in the river Jordan, and it floats. God will do miracles through the power of the cross. There is no other way to have a miracle. It's not by power, not by might, but by His Spirit, says the Lord. It is the blood of Jesus. The blood. The blood of the Lamb. The cross. There's power. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power. There is wonder-working power in the blood, in the blood of the Lamb. Would you be free of the burden of sin? There's power in the... Yeah, not in the arm of the flesh. Not in your good looks or the lack thereof. Or whatever excuse you want to try to come up with that you'll be able to pull it off. You're all beautiful in here. I didn't mean that. You know what I'm talking about. It is the power of God. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of His glory may be seen. You see, if it was about you and your gifts or you and your talent, if man could do it, then Jesus would never die on a cross. But man can't. The prophet throws the stick in the river. The axe head floats. Now let me just say this to you. Miracles await those who will really embrace the cross and, and, and follow the Lord. In real discipleship. Laying down their life for Him. Putting Him first. Loving Him with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. Returning the first commandment to first place. It's going to cause miracle power to be released in possible scenarios and situations that you face in your family, in school maybe, in the business, in your finances. If you will just embrace the Lord. And the power of His resurrection, you will see things that just are not normally able to happen. They will happen. Robert Morris shared this word with us. And I'll just go for a moment longer. The Lord spoke to him and said, will you give me everything? And so he said, why yes, Lord. I'll give you everything. Now let me tell you what that meant for him. Two very nice cars, a very nice house retirement, all of his money, everything he owned. The Lord told him, give me everything. He sat down with his wife. Now, you don't want to do this unless God like totally tells you to, okay? 
He sat down with his wife and they made a, a detailed plan about what, who they felt that the Lord would have them give all their vehicles. I'm not talking a jalopy, ragtop. I'm not, I'm talking nice car. Sold all their vehicles, gave their house to a, a pastor who had five kids, who was struggling and been through some difficulty, but was a faithful, loyal man, gave their beautiful home to him, blessed him. Gave all their stuff away. And it was about a week later, he was in his, his time with the Lord, and he was totaling up all that he had given. And the Lord said to him, what are you doing? And uh, he said, nothing. <laughs> like the Lord doesn't know, you know. And the Lord said, no, what are you doing? He says, well, I'm... Uh, I'm, I'm totaling up because, you know, Lord, I heard that expression. You can't outgive God, but I think maybe I just did. And he said, the Lord said to him, really? He said, yeah, I think I just did. And uh, he says to the Lord, gotcha. And that very moment, without another word, spoken to his heart. You know what we say the Lord said is speaking to his heart, right? Without another word, the phone rings. He picks the phone up and there's a man on the other end, a businessman, and said, you know, I, uh, the Lord spoke to me this morning. And uh, I want to help you with your transportation. So Robert Morris is thinking, praise God, it's awesome. You're going to get him a car or something. He says, yeah, the Lord spoke to me about your transportation. The Lord told me to buy you a plane, hire you a pilot, pay all the gas, all the insurance, the hangar and all the bills so you can fly anywhere you want to, anytime you want to. All you have to do is just call this guy and he gave him the number and the whole thing. And he gave him a plane. And the plane's in your name and it's all yours. And I'll pay all the bills and all the taxes, everything. So I'll take care of everything. And while he's sitting there before he can say praise the Lord or anything, the Lord said, gotcha. <laughs> and it was the beginning of this deluge, which, which he gave all of that away. And he flies coach just like the rest of us regular folk. I was getting on a plane with my son. He said, Dad, we're first class. I know. And we sit in coach. Praise the Lord. <laughs> he said, yep, we're first class in coach. I said, that's right. What are you saying? What I'm saying tonight is that God has tremendous blessings and increase for you. But it will not happen by the way that you think it happens, by the arm of your flesh or by your own intellect to try to figure it out. He has a way of escape for you. He has blessings for you that you know nothing of. He's more concerned about chomping down the tree and building the school than you know. He wants to build his kingdom in and through you more than you and I could ever even begin to fathom. But it's going to require a cutting edge. It requires the power of God. The power of God does not come just because you showed up to church a couple weeks in a row. The power comes by a price to pay. Can you imagine that son of the prophet that was reaching out to grab that the floating iron axe head? By the way, iron axe head, very expensive, very rare. That's why it says iron axe head. It's, it's rare. They didn't have a whole bunch of those lying around. 
You have to confront where you've lost it or maybe the fact that you've never got the power of God. You have to ask God to help you. Repent of your sin if there's things that you've done. Repent of not being diligent and realizing that your walk with God was rattling before the axe head flew off. Make a commitment now to say, God, I, I need the cutting edge to do what you've called me to do. I can't figure this thing out. I can't heal my marriage. I can't, I can't do what you've called me to do without you. And He wants to partner with you and I to build His kingdom. And it's the cross, the wood that the prophet throws in the river that caused a miracle. And it's the cross that causes a miracle for you today. For you and I. Worship team, would you come please? Come on, stand up on your feet. How committed are you to experience God's manifest power? How committed are you to walking in divine purpose with God? How committed are you? Or are you just willing to tolerate the Laodicean anointing? Mediocre, lukewarm, apathetic. Maybe some of you are in deception tonight where you think you're all on fire, but actually it's a strange fire. Or maybe you don't even know there's another level in God. I am preaching to myself tonight. I just thought I'd tell you. I mean, I love God. I'm witnessing. But I just, I, the Lord is saying, son, a whole nother level for you. I'm like, awesome. And I know exactly how to go get it. Biblical principles of prayer and fasting. Repenting. Putting, my, putting myself in the place where the glory comes out. There's a price to pay. Now, Jesus paid the price, but the price to pay to walk in power, which is what we owe. We owe our community a visitation of the power of God. If you consider what He's done for you and I, that encouraged me. Thanks. When you consider what God's done for you, what He's done for me, you consider about where you would be without Him. We owe people a visitation. You need to position yourself. I need to position myself. And tonight, we just want to recommit ourselves to seek Him, to fast, to pray. Come on, how's your prayer life? How's your, how's your time in the Word and your intimacy with God? Are you just going through the motions? Come on, just talk to Jesus tonight. Come on, right out loud, just talk to Him. Some of you need to get before the Lord and deal with that problem that's holding you back. The crazy thing about sin is we do it because we think it's going to satisfy, but in the end it reaps a reward or a wage of death. And we're just like, ah, oh, the momentary pleasure, the fulfillment and the joy and the moving forward in destiny that is on the other side of obedience far outweighs the momentary pleasure you'll get from whatever sin you're doing. Did you catch that? I'm going to say it again. The fulfillment 
of purpose and the joy of the Lord and walking with Him in wholeness that comes from the other side of obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. You heard that? In other words, that means, okay, you blew it. And you're like, oh Lord, forgive me. Okay, so that's a sacrifice. How about when the opportunity comes to fail and you just go, Jesus, help me, and you get step over that thing and you don't do the old pattern and you walk into a new way of living. You don't respond in anger. You don't curse the person that cut you off in your truck. You tithe when it hurts and you don't see a way through. You do the right thing. Then comes fulfillment, satisfaction, peace. You know, some people don't know peace on their beds at night. They lie there tormented. You know, that is not God. You don't have to have that. You can have joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can have joy, peace, patience, and kindness, Fruit of the Spirit, because He lives on the inside of you. If this message ministered to you and you know you you want to sharpen your edge, maybe, or maybe you never had it, and you realize this message for me, I'm going a level deeper. I'm going to press in. If that's you, come to the front. Just make a commitment by coming forward. Come on. I'm answering my own altar call. I'm up here. Show you. Great. 
called his name You don't have to walk through the rain Just look to him and he will take the reins Walk back down the path that he has set for you And never do the same things that you're doing right now He wants to touch you, change your life And put you on a path that is a higher one than you have ever known Stop wasting time and look to Him. Drop to your knees and call out His name. He'll take you home. Call on me and I will answer thee. And I will show you great and mighty things that
you're going. We bless you. You're going out Saturday. It's such a blessing to have you in this house. You're wanted and needed. And you will be sorely missed over these next four months or three months or whatever it is. But I've got you. And, and you have me, I hear the Lord. <laughs> and together we will go even into the wilderness. And I'm going to show you things. I'm going to speak to you. I see great visitation coming even in your tent or the camp or on machinery, however you're going to, whatever you're going to be doing. He's going to visit you as you do those things. Be very careful and diligent. Pray, hedge of protection over you. In fact, the Lord is, is used, going to use you even in that place like the Apostle Paul was used on the ship Andromeda. Because you're going to be used to witness and to testify and even your own voice in humility and through grace. There's a greater grace and humility on you than when you first came in. God is attracted like a magnet to humility. And as you walk humbly before the Lord, He's going to use you to touch the lives of these men. He'll touch the lives of His families those that just simply wouldn't make it if you didn't go. I'll cause the time to go by very quickly. It's a stepping stone. I'm going to provide and I'm going to give you opportunity even out of that place. So Holy Spirit, go. I know. Go as you went before. The children of Israel go before our brother. Use him powerfully. May the time quickly pass and you bring him back safely to us. Holy Ghost, give him an anointing. Give a fresh man power, humility. Jesus.
might have testified in some far off or far flung land. But I want to do things through you, says God. And as you contend, as you even return to the ancient paths of fasting and praying and pressing in, set yourself aside. Push yourself away. Set yourself apart from the sin that would so easily try to ensnare and entangle you. For the perfecter and the author of your faith, you are to set your eyes upon Him, says the Lord. Set your eyes upon me. And I'm going to do remarkable things of provision and breakthrough for you. You are on a journey, says the Lord. You're on a tremendous journey. And every day counts. Put the ball down the field every day. Every day, put the ball down the field. You know what that means? It's a football expression. Just put the ball down the field. You just take five yards, ten yards, and eventually be in the end zone. The Lord has got a great plan for you. And I bless you this night as one of your spiritual fathers. And I declare to you that you are blessed of God. And His plan is going to come about. As your name is even Sterling, so you are to keep your character Sterling. Blameless, spotless before me. I'm going to give you a new power to do a new thing. Lift your hands, son. Minister Tim. Lord, even that impartation that came upon us as a team there in Maui, as they laid hands upon us and they prophesied, I lay hands upon Minister Tim. Heidi, take the keys, please. Holy Spirit. Micah, come down here. I want to pray for you. 
Come on, just a moment longer. Nothing else can satisfy. of salvation 